0: We know the expression with age comes wisdom, but what about younger agents that already appear to be wise and crushing it even if they're in their early 20s? Well, we're going to be talking to one of those agents today. Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? And now, on to our show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I'm your guide and host, through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with Andres Bustamante. But before we get to Andres, just a couple of quick reminders, please, the best way you can help our show, two things, please support our sponsors. They're the one that pay the bills and they are the ones that allow us to do as many episodes as we can. So thank you. Please check out our sponsors, their services and products. Consider investing in them. By investing in them, it will not only help your business, but also help us stay in business so we can keep doing these episodes. And the second thing to do is to tell a friend about this show. 2023 is a tough year so far for realtors. So let's give them the best chance of success, introduce them to this show, send them over to our website, keepingitrealpod.com. They can check out some of our episodes and they can always, of course, like and subscribe uh, on any uh, podcast platform that they might be listening to shows on. All right, guys, enough of that. Let's get to the main event, my conversation with Andres Bustamante. we have Andres Bustamante with Keller Williams, the Nino team in Austin, Texas. Now, I am really excited to tell you more about Andres. And if you are a listener of our show, and if you kind of just uh, you know, zone out during the bio. I really want you to zone in only for the next thirty seconds because this is probably going to pique your interest. This is a really fun one today. So let me tell you about about Andres. So Andres Bustamante was actually born in El Paso, Texas, to Mexican parents. He graduated from the University of Texas at Austin as a first generation. Uh, uh, he also spent one full year in France with an exchange family when he was sixteen, and that helped him become independent at an early age. And when, when he was 19, he actually got his real estate license again at 19 years old. And this is the reason why he needed to figure out a way to pay for college. Now, being a leasing agent, he was able to accomplish this. He actually paid for his college education by being a leasing agent. Now, this is where it gets really amazing. His first ever sale as a 21 year old was for $1.1 million. And at 23 years old, he decided to do real estate full time. Clearly, he's good at it, and he joined a team. Now, his first year full time, he earned rookie of the year. He sold 21 homes for almost 7 million in volume. That's in year 1. Now in year 2, 37 homes for 17 million and an year three, another 37 homes for 19 million. He's currently, by the way, guys, he's currently 26 years old. Now visit all things Andres uh, on his Instagram and TikTok at Andres Busta TX, A-N-D-R-E-S B-U-S-T-A-T-X. Links to both of those will be in the show notes. Andres, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks, DJ. That was a great intro. I mean, that's the bio. <laughs> it, it is the bio, and I—I uh, I wasn't joking. You are fascinating to me, and uh, as as a young man in this industry, um, to have this kind of success um, is 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 amazing. It really is inspiring, and I'm so so happy to have, to. Have, I don't know if you found us or we found you, but either way, this is an exciting interview for me. Um, so let's. Let's start at the very beginning, which, by the way, wasn't that long ago. But let's start at this idea of being a leasing agent at 19. Sort of how did you even know about that? I mean, at 19, uh, you don't even want to know what I was doing. I was like bussing tables for nothing. You know for, for nothing. Hey, um,
1: you do what you got to how,
0: how did you learn about the real estate?
1: Well, firstly, I mean, you ever had one of those moments in life when you just don't know what you want
0: for your life? Shh. Sure. Every, every moment of my, every moment of every day. Yes, <laughs> so cer- that's how, Certainly when I was younger, for sure.
1: Yeah. So that's how I was in college. I'm just like, I switched majors like three times. I was supposed to be doing Me supply too. chain that, yeah. Then I was like, oh, finance. And then I'm like, oh, I want to travel abroad. Let's do international business. But one thing I knew for certain, I needed to find a way to pay for college, <laughs> yes. but, but I didn't want to have like that Job to where it's like I had someone telling me what to do and this and that. I know a lot of us realtors can relate. So a buddy came to me and was like, "Dude, you should try being a leasing agent, a real estate agent," and that's how I really got into it because I needed to find a way to pay for college, and I needed to find a way to make more money than anyone else could at that time as a nineteen-year-old.
0: Yeah, and they're just let's let's face it, there just aren't a lot of opportunities for nineteen-year-olds, right? Like you, yeah, you, you no. get a. A minimum wage or a low-paying job because that's what nineteen-year-olds get. And the fact that your friend came to you with this opportunity is is truly amazing. I, I imagine you have a tremendous oh, yeah. amount of gratitude to that friend.
1: He's one of my best friends. He was my roommate in, he was my roommate for like five six years.
0: <laughs> yeah. Wow. So so when when you started as a leasing agent, what did that look like? Uh, how how did that work for you?
1: Oh, it was insane. So. It was back when we didn't have the Bluetooth for your phone to open lockboxes or anything. So I would have to go to like, there was like 20 leasing offices in West Campus. That's where the university students mostly stay. So I'd have to coordinate with like groups of students that were living in the condo to be like, hey, I wanna show your place. I have several clients that are interested. It was crazy having to coordinate that. Then I'd have to go to the leasing offices to get the keys. So no joke, picture a 19 year old driving in his car, with like 20 keys in the cupboard. And I would frantically be like, oh, is this the key or is this the key? And I had moments when the keys wouldn't work. So I'm just like, I turn around to look at my clients. And I'm like, hey guys, I don't think we're gonna be able to see this one. <laughs> but they were usually older. So I was always like, Oh my gosh, are they gonna trust me? How is this gonna go? Yeah, it was a did, lot you, of fun did you did you work mostly
0: with students?
1: Students, and I had several graduates. Um, during that time, though, mostly students through groups yeah. that I had joined every was 98 95% of students rented. Yeah. So the the apartments would pay me the condos would pay me once I got yeah. them to sign a lease.
0: It's 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 such a brilliant strategy because, uh, you know, obviously college kids have to live somewhere. A lot of times they're bankrolled by their parents as well. So getting, you know, sort of that part approves probably a little easier because you're, you know, I, I know when I went to college or I went – uh to a school called Miami university in Ohio. And I think we had to pay the whole semester rent up front. I don't know if that's still done these days, but, um, well, it was like 200 bucks a month, you know, so cheap and it was like, so it was, it was, uh, you know, they were like, we don't want to, you know, the landlords over there were like, we're just going to collect it all at once. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but, but in, in, in your case, um, you know, it was probably a really great idea because you could network with the people that you knew in classes and in your social circles. Oh, yeah, and and I imagine you were probably were you the only person in your social circles aside from your best friend who was also doing it? Were you guys the only two that were really doing it? So my best friend actually
1: did not end up doing it because he didn't have like a he could not do it because of some certain visa requirements and whatnot. Uh, sure. yeah, unfortunately but i was the only one in the group and i was part of like four groups i was part of the ut soccer team university of texas soccer team so and every year people would need a rent so i would get repeat clients for 3 years and once once i set the systems i would just tell the property manager hey i'm sending people over and they're pretty much sure they're going to sign so it was like maybe 500 bucks per bedroom wow. and as a college student that's pretty amazing
0: huge that that, that, that that's amazing and then did you have the foresight at that time? And again, a nineteen-year-old, you know, look, we, we, you know, just that you're even doing that at nineteen is impressive. But did you have the foresight at that time to think, at some point, these 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 leasing um, tenant these tenants are going to graduate? And I, you know, I don't know how many of them stay local or, you know, leave and go elsewhere, but, um, were those, did those relationships, like you said, you, you worked with them while they were in college every year, and then were you able to find the people that did stay, uh, after college and, and maybe even continue to assist them?
1: Well, the thing is my mindset wasn't really on that. I always sure. thought I was going to be working as a, in commercial real estate, as a tenant rep with JLL ah. because I had internships with them. But then I was like, I don't want to have an eight to five. And I, they, I had a set salary there. So my yeah. mindset was never really, it was more, so I need to pay for college. This is what I'm going to do with. This is rentals. just getting me
0: through till I get to Jones Lang LaSalle. Yeah.
1: Yes. Because I had an internship with them. And in my head, I was like, I'm too young to be a real estate agent.
0: Right, And, people, and you are.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. It, it was like, people are not going to trust me. That was my mindset back then. That's yeah. why I was saying, oh no, real estate full time. I mean, a lot of my friends would be like, dude, you don't sell a house, you're done. Or you don't do this, you're done. So I would, I'd be like, oh yeah, they're right. It was a like a, yeah, the mindset thing wasn't there, unfortunately, at that time.
0: Well, I mean, you you can't expect a, a young person at that age to have a, a you know, a, a healthy mindset around opportunity, right? They, You know, you don't know what you don't know, and at the same time, um, you're also in college. You're like, okay, I'm going to go down this path. I'm getting a degree. I want to go into commercial. I want to work in the, you know, for a more traditional commercial firm, like a Marcus and Millichap, Cushman and Wakefield. Those, those are the firms you, you know, Jones Lang LaSalle, as you mentioned, um, CBRE. You know, places like that. And and then you're like, well, wait a minute. I'm pretty good at this uh, residential real estate thing, but I'm also in 20. You know, I'm 20, 21, 22. Um, but you did have success pretty early on, and you've had success every year. And so, as much as your mindset obviously has shifted, um, you are obviously incredibly skilled. And I think skill is is oftentimes you know the the missing factor um, for people who. Uh, who are struggling, you know, it's mindset is, is part of it, of course, For but sure. also just being able to do the job is not an, that isn't, let's talk about your first sale. So we're, we're sort of, i was sort of dancing <laughs> around it. You you're 21 years old, you have your broker or your, uh, your realtor license, whatever they call it in, in Texas. I don't know if it's broker or whatever, but you're, you're a realtor. And now again, a very reasonable thought nobody is going to trust me with this you know uh, i wouldn't trust a 21 year old oh with my home i just wouldn't and and, and you know what I that's know. ageist and it's and it's probably ignorant on my part but it's understandable and so you are now in the position of i got to grow i got to try to figure out this and you did so tell us a little bit about how you got that first sale which by the way was 1.1 million dollars which yes. i am so so impressed by
1: i was I'm sitting in my dorm room cafeteria and I remember this perfectly. I just ordered something that resembled a pizza from, the, you know, the <laughs> dorm cafeterias are like the worst. The and worst. I, I get a call and I'm listening to the guy. And I mean, you ever got on one of those calls where it seems like a scam because it's too right. true. You're like, <laughs> right, dude, wait, what is that? He's telling me his budget. He's like, my budget's 1 million to 5 million. One of my friends referred me to you that you helped lease. And I'm sitting with my with my roommates and I in the get, cafeteria. <laughs> yeah, I get I, I like my expression changes, and I get up and I'm still with my phone, and I legit told the guy, dude. You, I'm, I'm sure you're saying renting. So with a budget of one thousand to five thousand, you can rent anything you want. And and it's like, you know, uh, you know that that rich velvety voice, it's like, you just know this guy is like super rich. So he, he's like, No, dude, I'm looking to buy it's one million to five million. And I'm like, okay, I can help you, I hang up. And in that moment, I'm like regretting that I said yes, because I'm like, how am I going to figure this out? Sure. That was the moment when he called me, that's how it went. And I was just like, what is going on?
0: Yeah, so so what what did you do at that point? So you hung up and now you're like, okay, now I gotta put something together for this guy. I had, oh my gosh, I had a week. I learned all the lingo. Um, <laughs> like, I didn't even
1: know what an HOA was. and <laughs> I, yeah, I I had only done leasing and these were students. Yeah. the first ever tour, this guy is like very straight up. He'll say what he means. No filter. It was hilarious. Now he's a really good friend. And we go to the first meeting and they're barely building this, this uh, condo. It's the Austin proper downtown, beautiful building. And we walk in and, (laughs) oh my gosh, the guy is just walking with me. He looks at the building inside the showroom. He sees the model in the middle. And in Spanish, she says, no me gusta. That means I don't yeah. like it.
0: Yeah, no good. And the, sa- <laughs> the sales
1: rep was coming towards us. My client walks out mm. and I'm left alone with the sales rep. So I'm like, w-. that was my first ever experience. And I said, dude, I don't know if this is common or anything. But then we ended up closing on a $1.1 million condo at the independent, which was incredible But all those thoughts were going through my head sure. during the whole transaction. Like, I'm too young. This is going to happen crazy thing is though it was a lease referral and that client is a really good friend of mine now so it's just crazy how it all happened
0: it it, it is and and it didn't you know it didn't just happen right you had done an exceptionally good job for the tenant that referred this oh, person yeah. to you with all the you know of the and, clients. and so you know it's it's there's some degree of luck in the sense of you happen to have done a great job for somebody that had somebody to refer to you but you made that luck yourself right and so this is this is can happen to anybody at any age and it did happen to you at an early age you were able to convert it you took it seriously at 19 i wouldn't have had the emotional maturity to even know and what to do so i am very impressed <laughs> one
1: thing i always say leasing is so underrated if you're barely starting yes. off i always say look find the top brokers top teams and offer the value of, look, you know what? I understand that you're extremely busy and your priorities are probably buying and selling. What do you have for lease that I can help you out with? And if you're looking to join a team, that's probably the best way to join a team. Offer value for free. And those leasing clients, they might buy, but it's always about who do they know that might buy as yeah. well, because they know a ton of people.
0: I I couldn't agree with you more. Here in Chicago, I, I talk about that a lot when agents Will come to me and say, "I'm thinking about joining a team. What companies do you recommend for teams?" And and obviously, there's a lot of them. And I say, you know, there's plenty of teams you can join. I'm like, that's not really a problem. But I said, if if you can bring value to a team, you have more um, more more leverage, and you can ask for more things. And if you can come and say, "Hey, I noticed your team does a lot of sales, but I noticed you aren't doing a lot of rentals." And for me, I think that. You know, we can feed the sales beast by working with these people as renters today. 100%. Stay in touch with them, educate them, blah 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 blah. When rates come down, maybe we'll you know be able to convert them over to buyers. Um, I love that. I-, I think that's an amazing strategy. I'm I'm not, not 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 every market supports that, right? If you're in rural ah. Idaho or something, may- maybe there just isn't a <laughs> rental market that could support sure. you. But if you're in a, a, you know some sort of metropolitan area, Austin obviously being one, Chicago where I am. Um, guys there is so much business here and so much. so much and and also most realtors tend to ignore the renters they tend to move away from those um so there's not as much competition as well um so that is that is amazing to me now you you joined a team which i think was a very smart move pretty early on um was that was that your role on the team was to be would it be the leasing guy
1: not necessarily, and uh, I joined the team kind of not really looking for it. But my company, the first company I joined, Housing Scout, was like only leasing, sure. so they never did sales. And <laughs> it was funny when I would call people, "Hey, this is Andres from Housing Scout. I'm looking to buy a one million dollar condo." People are like, "Housing Scout, what is that?" So it was more so, look, I don't want to be doing leasing as much. I want to transition into the sales. And my mentor, I heard him on bigger podcasts, uh, Bigger Pockets podcast. Theo Corzo. And I reach out to him because he was in Austin. And I'm like, dude, loved your podcast. I need to be on your team. I really want to get lunch. And I kind of provided some value. And he was like, I'm busy right now. Call me next week. Call him next week. I set the lunch, thankfully. This is like November 2019. And he's like, dude, I really like what you're doing. I want you to join our team. So that's how I joined the team. It was like me listening to podcasts to get as much knowledge. And a guy says, I'm in Austin. So I said, I need to join this guy's team and they weren't yeah. looking for any team they only had two agents
0: wow i i encourage everyone to to do this right find the superstars in your local area oh. and you'd be shocked at how few how rarely they actually get reached out to by newer agents you, th- yeah and you might have to bug them a few times because they're busy right and um but um i know people that I, I've interviewed people on this show who go, if somebody emails me and wants to join my team, I typically ignore the first couple of times they reach out and or I'll just give them kind of a, a little bit of a brush off. But if they keep coming back, if they keep showing up, you know, maybe it'll take a year of, you know, pestering me, but eventually they oh. sort of wear me down and I'm like, okay, this person's serious. So yeah. it doesn't mean you have to, you know, be a pest, but but I think this idea of being persistent and also helping a team solve a problem right so so instead of just saying hey guys i don't really have a lot of leads i kind of want to join a team so you can help me you know generate more business maybe maybe you could find somebody that'll help you do that but if you come in and say hey tell me about your team where are you guys having problems what's stopping you guys from growing here's what i can bring boy you you you're going to have a lot so of success great.
1: yes and like i said they weren't looking to grow a team they were only two agents so i became the third agent and i wasn't really handed down any leads because it was the first time they ever well i wasn't handed any leads it was the first time they ever made the team but i knew i wanted to join these guys because they knew their stuff so any new yeah. agents the best recommendation i can make is look the brokerage that's important but who's your team for me that's always been the most important your mentors that's like a cheat code in anything you can do yeah uh,
0: agreed a- and could not agree with you more and i love the fact that you said i I didn't get any leads at all um because uh, I think that also is is a misperception sometimes when when I will have younger uh y- younger uh or newer agents like yourself who have had this incredible success early on and and, and I think the inclination is to think somebody probably helped help them out and it's not that they people yeah. didn't help you but you you source your own leads you source your own business you get support and mentorship and coaching from Correct. uh from from, from your I mean, I guess it's a team. You know, it's technically a couple of people working together, but it's we're not talking about a team of thirty people. We're talking yeah, about two now we're guys. eight,
1: now we're eight and amazing two transaction managers. So it's good for you guys. Quantity for sure. Uh,
0: it's un- unbelievable. Um, and so as as somebody who's settling into your business, um, you know, you're now in what year three or year four, basically full time. Yeah. So you know, you've had an amazing run. Let's. I just want to. Re- Let's go over these numbers again. So, so year one, you know, you basically did 21 sales, which is almost two a month. That's amazing in and of itself, you know, seven million total in production. Year two, you went from 21 sales to 37 sales. So now we're at what about three plus a month? Unbelievable. Um, and then also last year, another 37 sales and yes. for almost 20 million. Um, so, so you're doing three, three plus transactions a month in your third year. Uh, th- this is, this is just incredible. It really is. Tell us how you're doing it. How are you finding your clients and, and what wh- are they coming from, uh, referrals? Are they coming from, are you purchasing leads? Where, where are you finding your clients?
1: I've never purchased leads. The biggest thing that I say has helped is fear of influence, referrals, and social media. And one thing I want to say that's so important as a real estate agent is that we're we're storytellers. We have to know how to tell a story. And I remember perfectly when I was telling clients, look, buying a house is a great, this is a great thing to do. But I was barely starting off and I didn't have my house. So I said, you know what? If I'm telling people to buy a house, why am I doing it? And also kind of like, that's probably my biggest expense. So I looked at my expense sheet one day and I'm like, Yeah, housing is about a thousand to one thousand three hundred a month. I need to eliminate that expense. How can I do that? House hacking. Yeah. So I bought a house that was four beds, three and a half baths. Lived in one room, rented out the other three. And while I was living there, I was living there for free and making three hundred dollars of cash flow. But the biggest thing about this, what's most important, the reason I'm saying this story is because I knew my target audience. I knew that I wanted people that have a big misconception. Oh, 20% down. That's always, that's such a big misconception. And we're also educators. So we should teach people that. Then also, oh my gosh, I have a lease that ends around this time and this and that. Oh, I just graduated college and I can't afford this. Yeah. So I got that misconception and I made a post when I bought my house. Hey guys, I'm 23 years old and I had a big misconception. I thought I had to put 20% down. I had just graduated college and everyone told me this was a bad idea and this and that. But you know what? I did it. And now I'm living for free. And when I told that story, all my friends I could relate to, Andres did it. He was doing what I did. I just graduated. They all reached out because of the relatability of a story. As opposed to me saying, hey, I just bought this house. I just sold this. It's like, dude, what's the story behind it? What did you help achieve? And that's when you make it relatable to your peer group. And that's when people reach out because they can feel it. Like it's them, you know?
0: Yeah, boy, I am so. Uh, there's a lot that you just said there that I'm I'm processing because it's also perfect. I think, um, I, I I am. Yeah, I'm a little. I'm a little. Uh, you've, you've you've actually flummoxed me a little bit because I'm so <laughs> used to hearing uh, very very similar very similar stories, and that this one is is more uh, more unique. But this idea of story selling, it, it, you said a lot of things. Number one. First, buying your own property at such a young age and house hacking, and saying, "Hey, here's an opportunity where I can actually live rent free," and not only do I live rent free, I make a few hundred bucks a month on top of that, which is awesome, and I get all the depreciation from being an investment. Investment, yeah. So, Amazing. so oh my god,
1: yeah. There's there's so much there that I can talk about for sure.
0: <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, your accountant is probably very happy with you with, uh, with, uh, with the invest. And you actually, you have more than one property now. How tell, tell us how that's evolved.
1: So this is a, I love talking about this. So I talk a lot. I harp a lot about new builds. Why new builds? Okay. Resale, you might close within 30 to 45 days. What if someone is telling you, dude, my lease is in 10 months, but I really like this price. Well, us as problem solvers, storytellers, educators, that's our job to find this problem, a solution to the problem. So a lot of people told me, oh, 10 months from now. Oh, great. What I would tell them, okay, great. What if there's an opportunity where you can lock the price and within 10 months, the home is built? People are like, oh, my gosh, let's do it. So we would go under contract for new builds for a low deposit, like 1000 to 3000 and people would walk in on, no joke, 100000 plus in equity. This was when the market was starting 2020, 2022. Sure. So the new build strategy was insane. And I bought another house, even though I hadn't fulfilled that one year requirement as an owner-occupant. So I, a lot of people know you need three. You can do 3 to 5% down with a conventional if you live in it for a year. But I wanted my, my next house because I was so excited. I got the bug and I found a builder that they did not finish the house until like 10 months from then. So I put this house under contract two to three months after getting my first house and I locked the price when I closed on that house a year later it was selling for a hundred thousand more. So what I did was get a home equity line of credit on that house, 80% of the equity. And now I'm a hard money lender to some of my clients. So <laughs> I know that crazy with the HELOC. I lend money to people. I have 120,000 line of credit. <laughs>
0: It's 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 incredible, um, and, and I think all of this is mentorship, right, and coaching, and oh, having nice. people that know so this important. stuff, and 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 th- you have the ability to now be a really an educator, I think, and you're just like, hey, guys, this this is, I think, living the experience, like you were saying, is is really compelling, and it it does, uh, obviously, social media is all about shared experience and so you have the ability to explain these processes in a way that you know educates and entertains and really inspires and i imagine what percent i'm curious what percentage of your clients have come from you know social media now that people have been sharing your stories and
1: i would say about 25 to 30% wow and the big thing here that a lot of people don't understand is look you meet new people don't ask for obviously no one's gonna ask for an email that'd be way too weird but it's like hey dude i had a great time be intentional firstly but hey i had a great time what's your social media your instagram you get them on social media the big thing here is you need to show people what you do it's not like they're just magically gonna guess so i put like two to three stories of what i do and not just real estate related but hey i go to the gym people want to relate with you on a on a level of not just real estate, Oh, real estate stuff. And when people start seeing that a lot, they're going to be like, oh, in my head, Andres real estate, I'll relate both of them. So yeah. putting stories on social media has been something that is crucial. And anytime I meet someone new, I get them on social media so that they can start getting the seed planted. Oh, Andres real estate. I keep seeing him. He must be doing great. His team did 98 million in volume, which is what we did this past year. Oh my gosh the relatability that's so important.
0: So yeah, you're talking about branding. So so this idea of creating content on social media that reminds people what you do, what we think about. I was thinking about this the other day. I was, or yesterday, I was driving home uh, or here back to Chicago from my, my parents' home and I was going a different way. And I, and I noticed a big McDonald's sign out in the distance um, where it was attached to a, a gas station. And I thought, You know, you drive by, uh, you know, on highways, you you drive by all sorts of of fast food places. And I went, I wonder how important it is for McDonald's to have that sign there. And and because what it does is it just reminds me about McDonald's, right? We're talking about branding and we need to be constantly reminding people what we do in a way that isn't pushy. And so I think stories and reels and little video clips on social media is really a great way to do that because you can do these little short clips of like here I am at the gym, here I am with a at a showing, here I am you know making dinner, whatever it might be. Um, how how were you doing two to three of those a day? Or are you doing two or three of those a week? What is your your uh, social media uh, calendar look like?
1: Honestly, anything that I'm doing, I might do like. Yeah, I would say two to five nowadays today. I, I I'm big on morning routine. That's one of the reasons that I've had the success that I've had. I do the miracle morning. And I went to the gym 520 in the morning. And then I did sauna after and I posted like a little picture. Hey, who else does sauna? Or what do you guys think? Um, cold plunge or sauna to get people engaged. And then before the podcast, I was like, Oh, I'm excited for this podcast, a little story. I mean, people start seeing that like, Oh, this guy's on a podcast. Oh my gosh, he must be doing great things. So I had my team meeting today. I have my team meeting every Monday at 930 and then I made a video on TikTok asking my agents, like, what's the best way to get leads? It's the best way to get each one. So it's my social media is, you, you just take like five seconds on a story. It's so easy to do, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and I think people can do this too, if you know, with their existing sphere of influence. So in social media, you, you're you were saying when you meet somebody who's you know a civilian, somebody who might be a potential client, um, not a realtor. You're you know maybe you'll get their email if you if you're lucky. But most important thing is social media because not yes. only will will you be able to brand yourself to them, you'll also now know what they're into, what they're all about, right? Yeah. When you're scrolling through and you see that they just went on a vacation or that they have uh, you know some major life event. it gives you an opportunity to want to re- to then reach out and say, hey, I noticed you just did X, y and Z. Um, so do you use do you use it for like a little bit of research and development as well so you know what to? Oh,
1: for sure, for sure. Like any anytime I do it for research and development, but I'm never like the guy, hey, let's like send me your email no I'm I'm very intentional about it like with the stories and whatnot and I've had a lot of people reach out hey, dude, I didn't know you were doing real estate. That's great. And when I see them again, they're like, dude, you're doing so much in real estate. Yeah. Like I've joined soccer teams. I have Toastmasters, probably the best thing anyone can join. Toastmasters is a public speaking group and it's worldwide. That's probably the best thing I've joined. And now I'm vice president of membership. So all the new members, they're the one that talks to me. So Smart. It, it's It's been amazing. And every, every month we get like 20 plus members, yeah. 20 plus new people that I get to meet so yeah no that's been great all the groups i've joined and being intentional about that
0: yeah it it is it is so much this your net worth is directly connected to your network right like we we know that it's an expression it's said your network and your net worth are, are are kind of connected and it's like yeah and now you have to think about how to how to remind your network what you do without Holding your hand out all the time, saying, "Are you ready to buy? Are you ready to buy? Are you ready to sell? Are you ready to buy?" Yes. And the way that you can do that is by sharing your experiences of daily life. And it, it's yeah. Go ahead. And and
1: one one other thing that I would say that that I do with my business partner, we host meetups once a month to also be like, oh, this guy is like doing meetups and bringing these type of guests. You know, it's all perception is so important and. Last week we had a meetup, we had 60 plus people and I got three new potential buyers. So that was incredible. And then I hosted a home buying seminar and I got four potential buyers. I'm pretty sure two of them are for sure gonna buy. This is last week. So that's already six potential buyers.
0: Wait, let's back up Is it How do you get six? So 60 people showed up to, was it a house hacking seminar?
1: It was awesome. Um, Now I don't really do the house hacking seminars anymore. If I do, I do it via Zoom. But it's more so we every month and I'll send you some pictures about it. Every yeah. month we have like a guest speaker and this guest speaker was David Tupin, a good friend of mine. He's at a big apartment syndicator, 27 years old. This guy's killing it. And it was all through posting on social media and I put it up on Eventbrite so that then anyone that signs up, I get their email. Yeah. So I have 60 plus, I mean, 80 people signed up, 60 came. So I have yeah. all their emails. I got a photographer for that event. I made a Facebook group for it. So people start joining. It's insane. And I recommend any realtors do that, like hosting a meetup and getting people to see that, getting a photographer, you know, the connection there. Oh, it's been huge. That has helped a lot as well.
0: Yeah, you know, it's gosh, you've got my head spinning in in a couple different directions because I I'm I am now inspired to do some more of that on the recruiting side. Um so uh boy, you you you're inspiring me. Um so this idea of doing you, you, what we're really talking about is providing value. So, you know, you're a you're big about you're big into branding, which we've talked about, I mean, making sure the people in your sphere know what you're doing, and and sort of unconsciously reminding them that oh, by the way, I'm a realtor, um, and then we're talking about education. You know, making sure that we're giving back to you know these people who might not know uh, about. Um, You know, for example, the twenty percent myth, right? The twenty percent down payment myth. You know, is I know that was always a major one for me. Was like, well, if I want to buy a four hundred thousand dollar home, I don't have eighty thousand in cash, just waiting, you know, to put down. So I just always assumed that that was out of reach for me when I was a young, a younger person. Um, Nobody sat down with me and said, well, there's actually some other ways you can do this, and. I didn't know what I didn't know. So I think there's this huge opportunity and it's not like once somebody gets to a certain age they all of a sudden start understanding how 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 home lending works. I mean some people never <laughs> really get it until they have to make that decision and then they learn on the fly. I mean that's how it worked for me. It was like one day I went I wonder if I could afford a home and then I googled it, you know. And then I was like, yeah, oh, I was go, oh there's all what? these different... Yeah, and, good. and you know and, it was such. It would have been a such a great opportunity for for somebody in my life to say, "Hey, you don't have to Google that. I know this stuff. I'm going to sit down with you and, and go through it." So you either learn it by Googling, or they're going to go to somebody, and eventually they're going to go to somebody to buy the home anyway. But this is an opportunity to sort of establish yourself as the knowledge source. And by the way, these events that you're doing, I'm assuming you're getting other people to to pay for the events, or maybe you're paying for them. Oh yeah,
1: but- yeah. It's dude. It's all about how smart you can be. I have my title and lender people paid for everything everything so it's like look you can promote yourself right here and we have a really good relationship we're gonna have 60 plus people they're like dude we're game so they paid for the full venue oh it was amazing like yeah we had such a good turnout
0: i i love that i what what would you recommend so so this year okay so let's talk about 2023 because we are in a high, higher interest rate environment than we were two years ago. Um, we're in a lower, well, we're in a low inventory environment like we were two years ago. Um, so there's a lot of realtors out there. So now I want to, I do want to talk about mindset for just a moment because it's easy to get a little bummed out this year. I think it's easy to take in and absorb a lot of the the, the media. Um, sort of the, the stories about the housing shortages and and the rates being obviously higher than than a lot of buyers would prefer um what are you doing and and if we I'm sorry and you know we're looking at what economists are saying are going to happen this year pretty much across the board economists are saying this is going to be a tough year so I don't want to pretend that it isn't that doesn't mean that there aren't amazing opportunities this year and I'm curious because I know mindset is everything for you. What are yes. you doing to stay motivated and stay uh, productive despite some of these um, you know, challenges in the market that you just obviously can't control?
1: For me, and this is like straight up, I don't believe in motivation. I think that's like- Me neither. Me, here, here. BS. I'm with you. Yeah, that's for me, that's BS. Um, so one thing, and I know a lot of people are going to say like, oh my gosh, the morning routine is just so important. Like- I don't do my morning routine one day and i feel so different and yeah, it goes a little something like this i'll wake up at 5:20 a.m i'll do my bed because those little winds are crucial i'll get to the gym around 5:30, do one hour then i take a cold shower that has helped me a lot because whenever you are induced into stressful situations you kind of get used to it because i hate cold showers i don't like them but it's like it's a stressful situation that it's like dude you get used to it first thing in the morning Let's go. You gonna well, let, but hold
0: on, I want to pause for a second. Let's talk about the benefit of of a cold shower. So th- this is important because I've done this. I did this for about six months straight, and 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 it's debatable whether it's he- healthier for you. So we're not going to talk about the healthiness of it as far as yeah. physically. What? But here's what I will t- I, I will tell you, and I'm curious, Andres, to get your thoughts. If you can endure, so the reason to do a cold shower, forget if it's actually healthier for you, I don't care. Here's why you yeah. want to do it. Even if it's bad for your body, here's why you should do it. Because it's one of the hardest things that you can do every single day that's physical. I hate, I hate, it. I, I, I hate it too. And, and I, I need to get back into it. I, if you Tomorrow, I encourage everyone who's listening, try to survive 10 seconds, just 10 seconds, all the way cold, Shower. If you can survive ten seconds, then you know tomorrow try fifteen seconds, and then that twenty seconds. Eventually, you'll be able to to survive in it. It is still, at least my experience. Every day, it was it never really got easy. It was always brutal, but when I was done, which, you know, you end up taking a one and a half minute shower because you just get through it. Yeah, you're like, dude, let's go. (laughs) But once when I would step out of that shower and I don't know what the magic is or the endorphins that are firing, but it feels like you just ran a marathon and you won. (laughs) So do you feel that same way when you step out of the cold shower?
1: Yeah, I feel so amazing, but every day I I dread it. I'm like, but now I just go into it. It's a five second rule, like everything in life. Dude, don't think about it. Don't think just do
0: yeah. boom.
1: You go into it. Even though And, and like- what we're
0: really talking about is tolerating discomfort. Because anytime exactly. you want to grow in life, whether it's your physical body, if you want to get 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 stronger, obviously you got to lift heavy weights, which is gonna be painful. I just came <laughs> from the gym. Uh it's brutal. Um, and you came from the gym as well today. Um, and also when you want to, you know, improve your business, you're gonna have to get uncomfortable. You're gonna have to learn how to tolerate failures. Uh, discomfort, challenge, and is something as simple as a cold shower. It sounds like it's not connected. I am telling you, doing it will put you in a mindset of I just did something really crazy hard first thing in the morning. Is that is that sort of how you feel?
1: Yes, definitely. That the cold. That's perfectly well said. The cold shower helps a lot with that.
0: Yeah. Uh, it sounds silly, but it's actually really, really important. So, okay. So you start your morning, you go to the gym, you take a cold shower. W- what else do you do in the morning?
1: Then I do meditation, transcendental <laughs> meditation, which is great. I got a TM. teacher for yeah. that. Yes, exactly. TM. I got a teacher for that and just finished that those classes recently. Um, then I do affirmations, visualizing and scribing. Scribing is like writing things down. And funny enough, I want to show you this. Sure. Um, I I do my top three tasks that I'm going to do for the day that the night prior. So I know at least what my routine is going to be. And then I don't know if you can see it, but I amazing podcast is right here. And I check that box, because I want to put myself in the mindset that I'm going to have an amazing podcast. So it's already done for me. Like before the podcast, I said, I'm going to have an amazing podcast. And I checked about that box to kind of get myself into the headspace of it's already been amazing.
0: Yeah, I I love that. I think that's really smart. And this idea of setting your up your day, not just with your to dos, but here are my here are my three big wins. These are the three big things I need to get accomplished today. Or here's what I need to focus on today. If 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 you can do that at the beginning of the day, then when other things come at you, because things come at you all day, you're able to filter a little bit better because you're you're easily you're more easily able to say, okay, something just came at me. It seems urgent. Is it actually important? All right. Or, oh, it's not that urgent. It's not that important. Because now, as opposed to being just reactive, something comes in and then I want to take care of it right away. There's an inclination I want to do that. But what I like about you is is you've prioritized your sort of lists per day. You know the three big things you want to accomplish and you do it the night before. Again, this all sounds like. You know, life 101, but it's really, really important. And a lot of people don't do it. Did I last night, wait, you know, before I went to bed, list the three things I needed to do today? I didn't. And I should have, because then when I got to work today, I was like, oh God, now I have to make a list of what I'm going to do today. (laughs) So, so let's give another shout out to the Miracle Morning. And, you know, it's not a coincidence that after five years on this podcast and 450 plus episodes, the number one most recommended book, the two most recommended books are Millionaire Real Estate Agent from our guests, which is Gary Keller, famous, famous book about how to build a real estate business. And then number two for mindset and just setting up your day for habits, 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 habits. Miracle Morning is right up there, El yes. Rod. Um, tell me about how the Miracle Morning has has really changed your your life.
1: Yeah, we're going on on the base of motivation. Like, like we said, motivation, don't really believe in it. It's more so discipline. So it's really look, okay, I'm feeling top mind, top of mind, so that I can best help my clients. Because in order to best help my clients, I need to feel my best. And whenever I do my morning, I feel my best. But it also goes back to what are my goals. And by looking at my goals that will help me stay disciplined when motivation is not there, because it's I 100% assure you, motivation will not always be there. So once you develop that discipline, boom, it's great. And one of the best ways to develop that discipline is doing a program called 75 Hard. I do that- Tell me about it. I don't
0: don't know this. Tell me about it.
1: Oh, perfect. And I do it every year since I started in real estate. 75 Hard by Andy Fursella, Major G, that guy's amazing. And 75 days, no alcohol, strict diet, Um, you also have to read 10 pages of a book. You have to work out twice. And of those two days, I mean, of those two times, one has to be outdoors. So minimum is 45 minutes. So you do your workout maybe in the morning and then you do your other workout whenever you can. But the thing is, so two works
0: out, two workouts a day.
1: Yeah. Two workouts per day. They can't be like after each other and they have to be 45 minutes. So the big thing here is. Whenever you say, I can't do this, what you're essentially saying is I'm not making this a priority. And with 75 hard, if you don't do one of those tasks every day, you have to start all over. So two workouts per day, drink a gallon of water, 10 pages of a book, diet, no alcohol, and take a progress pick. And there's an app for that. It's amazing. But the big thing here is like, dude, I have a lot going on and I have to schedule time for my workouts. I have to schedule time. You don't have time to
0: do that and so exactly time. yeah
1: but but then the big the big thing here is you develop that discipline to where it's like i know what my priorities are because i'm doing this program as well and i have to work around the schedule that can make it work because i've had times no joke i'm at a conference it's 11 p.m and we're going like everyone's going out for drinks i'm drinking water and it's like oh my gosh dude i forgot i had to do my workout so i've legit told my friends guys i'm gonna walk around the city for 45 minutes you guys just wait here. I've done that so many times and it's actually hilarious.
0: <laughs> but, but it, it, it is life is so much about habits and discipline and motivation. Um, as much as I love when motivation does hit, it is a rare oh, yeah. thing for it's me. Good. Um, discipline is, is what wins the game. Um, motivation is just when you have a lucky day, <laughs> I think. Yes. Yes. Um th- th- this is this is all just just great stuff. I, I really encourage everybody out there as we're wrapping up to think about. You know what are the habits that you could cultivate this year that would help you move the needle in your business? You know, is it a lack of follow up? Is it a lack of meeting people? Is it a lack of maybe your social media isn't very strong, or maybe you're not doing enough outreach to your sphere of influence, Um, or or whatever it is, a different skill you want to develop. Um, maybe you don't know anything about investors and you want to start learning about house hacking or first-time home buyers or, or any of that. You, you, you can put a plan together and and get a, a community around you as well and get involved um, and, and then really start to hold each other accountable. It's all about habits and discipline. Uh, Andres, I am so excited to continue to watch your progress. You have provided incredible value because again, I think in this conversation, you know, we 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 really talked a lot about mindset. We talked about habits, discipline, and working smart. And you you gave some incredible advice. Find a team, get a mentor. Um, you know, read The Miracle Morning. Come up with with you know your day before uh, the next day make sure you know what you're doing and then it just and and also you know staying in good physical shape i think not enough is said about the benefits of being in strong physical condition this is a physical job that requires a ton of energy And energy is important. And if you want to be a great realtor, you need you're gonna have to have a lot of energy. And I think, you know, get your physical body in order. This is the year where you can get your physical body in, in shape, you know, partner up with other realtors, like everything counts. So you can get together and and, and you know that and by the way, that's another opportunity. If you want to do a meetup, you could find an accountability group of, of exercise people. That's another way to meet people, right? So yes. y- you're involved in Toastmasters, you're involved in all these other things. And by the way, at Toastmasters, you're probably uh, you know, the 20 new members every month, you're probably like, Hey, by the way, what do you do? And they're gonna ask yes. you what you do.
1: Always. Yeah. And and last thing I do want to say because referrals is a big part of my business whenever I do a buyer consultation, big thing, I ask for people's birthdays, if they have kids, if they have dogs, if they have favorite wine, whatever. And then for my follow-up or whatever, it's like, I send them stuff for their birthdays. I send them, so it's just top of mind because there are always no people, but that's at the buyer consultation so that I'm not asking it like around other things and all, but just get a list of questions and you get all that stuff and that's just, You know, gives you reason to reach out. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Because a lot of times I know uh, agents will say, well, I don't know. You know, I don't really want to call my friends. I don't really... It's like, well, if you, do you know their anniversary? Do you know their birthdays? Do you know their kids' birthdays? If you know those events, then you do have a reason to pick up the phone and you don't have to talk real estate, but you do have to demonstrate that you care. And I For think sure. have getting all of this information in your database, in your CRM about birthdays, anniversaries, major life events, allow you to then pick up the phone and say, hey, I know it's your kid's birthday today. Just wanted to wish so-and-so a happy birthday. Like, that in and of itself is massive, huge. All right. Well, we're we're gonna we're gonna cap this one off here, this episode here, because I could talk to you all day, and I'd love to have you back <laughs> in the future. Your your future is uh, is going to be so impressive, I'm sure. Uh, but Andres, really, really appreciate on behalf of the audience your time today on our show. Um, you know, if anyone out there is interested in, maybe you're a realtor in the Austin area and you're looking to maybe partner up, or maybe you'd be a good a good benefit to uh, to Andres's team, you can reach out to him. He's with Keller Williams, the Nino team. Um, or if you're a realtor maybe in another area of the country and you have clients that are moving to Texas or, or the Austin area and you're looking to refer business to another realtor, Andres would love the opportunity to work with you. Um, but if anyone wants to reach out to you, Andres, or maybe somebody's just looking for a realtor in the Austin Area, a buyer, seller, investor, etc. What's the best way they should reach out to you? Instagram for sure. It's at Andres Busta
1: TX. A N D R E S B U S T A T
0: X. Awesome. And on behalf of Andres and myself, we want to thank our audience for continuing to listen and support our show, support our sponsors, support Andres, check out his Instagram, check out his TikTok, AndresbustaTX, and also send him your referrals. He's a great uh, agent. He's he's killing it as a as a young man growing getting in this business. I I'm making a prediction uh, live that you will be one of the National <laughs> Association of Realtors 30 under 30 within the next three years. So Thanks, this, is a, a, this is a young I man to watch that. and uh, we're excited. And we will see, uh, well, we're going to ask everybody to do just one quick thing before you uh, leave the episode. Please tell a friend, think of one other realtor that could benefit from hearing from Andres and send them a link to this episode, Keeping realpod.com. They can stream every episode we've ever done. Or just go to any podcast app, search for "Keeping It Real," hit that like and subscribe button. We would appreciate it. Andres, thank you so much for being on the show. Man, I'm so proud of you. You're, you're crushing it, and uh, excited to watch your your ascent as you continue to climb the mountain. So keep it up. thanks
1: Jay. I really appreciate
0: that. All right, thanks. We'll see everybody on the next episode. Thank you.